0: Our scripture reading for our meditation today is taken from Jesus' Sermon on the Mount in Matthew, chapter 6, beginning with verse 5. And our Lord here addresses his church of believers. And when you pray, you shall not be like the hypocrites, for they love to pray standing in the synagogues and on the corners of the streets, that they may be seen by men. Assuredly, I say to you, they have their reward. But you, when you pray, go into your room And when you have shut your door, pray to your father who is in the secret place, and your father who sees in secret will reward you openly. And when you pray, do not use vain repetitions as the heathen do, for they think that they will be heard for their many words. Therefore, do not be like them, for your father knows the things you have need of before you ask him. These are your words, Heavenly Father. They are your truth. We pray that you would strengthen our faith through them. Amen. I must admit that sometimes when I'm watching a sporting event, football, baseball, something like that, I'm a little bit torn when I see an athlete who scores a touchdown or hits a home run who suddenly gestures up to God and maybe drops to his knees and makes a sign of the cross, things like that. Part of me loves it. The fact that anybody acknowledges something spiritual toward God, especially in a Christian vein, is a, is a wonderful thing. But I often, too, wonder, is this possibly being done to get some attention and to have people admire this athlete? The fact that I think like that, watching it, shows you something wrong with me, not them. <laughs> it shows that I recognize that things that have to do with spirituality for me in my life can sometimes be a place of pride, too. and something we need to watch out for. Our Lord is addressing that very issue right here in the middle of his Sermon on the Mount. And he teaches his disciples and all of his church throughout time about this precious gift of prayer, such a valuable thing that it is, especially for us in the great fight of faith uh, that we are going through in this world. And prayer is this... Precious valuable treasure that God gives to those who have been given the gift of faith it accompanies faith in Christ It's it's a gift that's given to the believer to have access to the ear of God It's an amazing thing and it's been purchased with the blood of the Son of God himself for all who trust in him and I can tell you how how valuable this gift must be by how much my own sinful flesh tries to keep me from using it. The fact that, that I have to really work hard to get myself to even think about praying sometimes, there's certain times I do at meals and stuff, but to really get myself to go to God in prayer, the fact that that's difficult for me to remember to do shows how valuable of a gift it is that my own sinful heart tries to keep me from utilizing it as much as I should. Jesus frequently said to his disciples watch and pray and encourage them to pray. It's an essential part of preserving our faith. Likewise, Saint Paul, if you look at his, the the beginning chapter in in many of his letters, his epistles, uh, he often begins with words like this, I pray for you always. I remember you before God in my prayers. It's one of the first things that he brings up in many of his books, 1 Corinthians, Philippians, Colossians, 1 and 2 Thessalonians. Right away, he talks about how he's utilizing this gift on their behalf. One of the uh, attacks on this valuable weapon that God has given us in the fight of faith, one of the attacks can come from inside of us. And that's what Jesus is addressing. It's, it's the attack of pride. There's a potential pitfall in, in our spiritual lives of our hypocrisy. Something rising up inside of us looking for attention with this. And it's a tempting, a tempting thought for all believers. How can I show fellow Christian people my great piety? How can I display to them what a wonderful religious person I am by how, do, how I even utilize prayer? We're reminded in Scripture that man looks at the outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. It's interesting, isn't it, how often the devil can take something in us that's a, that's, that God has produced, a sanctified good work, something God produces in me or you, and just in our minds get us to twist it a little bit so that we start thinking, yeah, I'm doing pretty well. I hope people notice. I hope people notice just how spiritually minded I am. I can sing the hymns without using a hymn book. I hope people notice that. What a fine Christian I've become. It doesn't take very much for us to to take the very very good things of God and have, have our hearts be tempted to kind of pride ourselves in them. It's a tiny little Pharisee that likes to rise up inside of us and take advantage of those situations. And so in order to emphasize the great value and true purpose of prayer and where it really belongs in our spiritual lives, Jesus invites us to go into our closets. He invites us to go into an inner room, into our closets. Now, the lesson here is this. True and sincere prayer starts from a position of acknowledging that you really don't have it all together yourself. Jesus is not really so worried about where you go physically to make your prayer before God, but rather spiritually where the location is. That's what he's concerned about. Where does your heart go spiritually when you come before your Father in heaven? When he talks about shutting the door and so on, this implies that there's a deep intimacy of your soul with the faith God has created there with the Heavenly Father above who sent that faith into your heart. And that's really the essence of prayer, that conversation between you, a sinful being, and this holy God, all because of what he's done for you through the work of Christ. It strips away all of the outward improper motives that there might be. God would have us come before him with a penitent heart and acknowledge him and his grace and goodness toward us And this is why and how he invites us to pray to him our prayers are not to be based on some type of bargaining with god our prayers are not to be based on some kind of outward show of goodness but they're totally to be based in the mercy of god toward you in christ has nothing to do with you as to why you could pray has to do with god's mercy has to do with what christ has done for us that's why we pray and how we should come before god that That curtain that was torn in two on Good Friday when our Lord finally bowed his head in death to atone for our sins has now torn a hole and access between you and a holy God. And Christ is the one who made that access for you. So every time you properly come before him in your heart and pray to him, even in your closet, you are acknowledging the precious gift of Christ and what he's done for you. Listen to what Jesus says. But you, when you pray, go into your room. He uses a Greek word here. It means like a storeroom, like a closet. Go into your room, and when you have shut your door, pray to your Father who's in the secret place, and your Father who sees in secret will reward you openly. Years ago when I was a pastor, I happened to be driving through a a large... Large parking lot outside of a, a huge grocery store, and I saw a, a cop car, a police car, sitting off on the side. And as I was driving nearby, I recognized that it was one of my members. And so I came over to the window and and uh, made some joke about talking to this officer. He was a member of my church, and uh, he set something off of his lap as he turned to look at me. And I realized it was his Bible. He was on his lunch break. And I said, what are you doing over here out in the middle of the parking lot? And he said, I'm on my lunch break. I'm just reading scripture and praying. And I thought, what a wonderful thing that uh, here in the middle of his day, uh, out protecting the citizens of our, of our community, and he goes to the Lord in prayer in such a humble way. His closet that day was a squad car. We have a joyful obligation to pray. A joyful obligation. God has given you and me a command to come to him with our prayers. Just in the same way that he commands us to take the Lord's Supper. It's a joyful thing. It's a command for our goodness, for our benefit. It's it's kind of like when, when parents take their kids to the waterside park and say, now go out there and enjoy this. God gives us a joyful command, an obligation on our hearts to pray to him and to bring our requests before him. And you and I maybe look at people in the scriptures and admire some of the great prayers that we see. We think of Abraham praying for the, to hold back the destruction on the city of Sodom. We think of, of Hannah praying for uh, the birth of a child. We think about St. Paul praying to God about his thorn in the flesh. But when you come before God, even in your closet or your squad car, in a humble heart, praying to him through Christ... Your, prayer, your prayers are just as holy and wonderful and vital before God as any of the great saints before you. So God extends to you this wonderful invitation, this bold invitation to come and make your requests known and make them big ones. Amen.